Hey everybody up in Modesto and surrounding California areas. This is Doug Jones and I'm coming to see you at Modesto Comic Con July 9th and 10th. So come on out to Modesto Comic Con and see me. We'll be doing autographs and photo ops and hanging out and the hugs are always free and I love them. So we'll see you there. Geekish Cast, episode 85 of All the Souls I've Met. His was the most human. An interview with Todd Habercorn of Star Trek Continues and more animes than you can list. Welcome back to Geekish Cast. I'm your host, Jeremy, with uh, my co-host and uh, associate producer, Paul Vieira. How are you doing there, Paul? Very well. How are you? I am doing quite well. Uh, you are not our only associate producer now. I saw that. I'm a little yeah. jealous. No, I'm, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm happy, actually. Me too. It was kind of cool. Um, well, you haven't heard it yet because it just went up last night, but uh, we interviewed the... Um, DigiWuts, they're a Let's Play group, um, and I know one of their members from the You Again web series, so that's how we ended up having them on. Oh, was, is it the, was it the, the guy or the girl? I can't remember their names now. From uh, It's uh, Zach. Zach. Uh, Zach Reynolds and Andrea Peterson. It was Zach. Was that cool? So he brought on his buddy. They just put a, they just put a studio in his, his little apartment there in Salt Lake City. Nice. So he's producing a show and a, um, a Let's Play show out of his house now. <laughs> Hey, but, you uh, do what I, you yeah. Well, no, that's just it. I mean, I got a spare bedroom that's a quote unquote recording studio, right. so I get it. Yeah. Um, but so guy, his you know his uh, partner in the Digiwatts there, like must have enjoyed the interview because about four minutes later he had gone on to uh, Patreon and made a donation. Awesome. Yeah. So if anybody listening would like to be an associate or an executive producer. Just go to geekishcast.com slash donate. You'll see the links there to go figure out what you got to do. So there, there's there's my begging for money for that. There you go. <laughs> All right, so, um, Paul, as you know, we've had a bunch of Star Trek-related interviews here lately. Yeah, I, I heard uh, after Vix, I went and uh, watched some of uh, Star Trek Continues. So what did you think? Man, I felt like I was like, a little kid again watching like reruns on TV, right? I mean, because the look, the look dead is dead on. It was crazy, and the cast was great. Uh, Spock was awesome. Um, yeah, so, yeah, that was. That was well, and speaking speaking of Spock, yeah. we are. I last week I interviewed, and today we are putting up the interview with Todd Habercorn, there, Mister Spock. Oh, great! Well, what did you think of his rendition of Spock? I mean, just you know, top down. I thought it was. I thought it was. It was really well done. I was surprised. Yeah, because yeah. he doesn't. When you first see him, you're a little bit taken aback because he's. I think he's smaller than Leonard Nimoy was. Yeah, he's a little he's, bit smaller. He's definitely not as old as Leonard Nimoy oh, yeah. was. Yeah, that's. Yeah. he's younger, but uh, no, I thought he did a really good job. Yeah, I think he does a hell of a job as Spock. I mean, everybody did a good job. I, I mean, I thought it was great. I only saw the first episode, but I was like, man, this is like really catch, capturing the the look and feel of the old series. Yeah. yeah. And well, and like I told Vic when when I spoke to him, like my wife said, that he has that dick swinging swagger of William Shatner as Captain Kirk. Yeah, like an inch away from wanting to punch him in the face. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, he just, he almost comes off smug. <laughs> yeah, just, but, you know? but stays right there where you're like, yep. uh, I don't want to like him, but I do. <laughs> but I like you anyways. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, he, he nails it. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah. All right, so um, I'm going to go ahead, we'll play the interview, and then you and I will talk a little bit at the end. Sweet. All right. Welcome back to Geekish Cast. I'm your host, Jeremy, and I'm joined today by Todd Habercorn of Star Trek Continues, Sailor Moon, just about any uh, American-translated anime project you can think of. How you doing there, Todd? <laughs> doing great. Actually, uh, leaving a, a Digimon project right before this, actually, so you, <laughs> you're right on. Yeah, well, that's no. I was I was looking through your uh, IMDb page, and I quit watching anime, you know, fifteen years ago. Yet there's still everything in there. I'm like, oh, I've I've heard of that. I've heard of that. I've heard of that. I've heard of that. So. Oh well, good. Well, hopefully, I'm doing something right. 
Yeah, well, it sure looks. Well, I'll tell you what. You're you're working constantly, and I would say that's right. You know what? I'm I'm thankful for it. I uh, someone was it was interesting. Someone was talking to me about taking a vacation, and I recently took my very first vacation as as an adult, actually, uh, about two a month and a half ago. And they said, "Man, you 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 work a lot, and you you should take more time off." But the I guess the issue that I have with that is the fact that I mean, if you're doing what you love, don't you want to do that all the time? And so that's kind. Yeah, that's the thing right there. We we actually I'm in my real life. I'm a plumbing salesman. Yeah. And when it's really really hot and nasty in the warehouse, some days we will look at each other and go, "Is it really work if you love what you do?" Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. you know, obviously you still get exhausted just from, I mean, if you do anything for X amount of hours, you're going to get just naturally tired, but I think that uh, the the crux of it is is that I love what I get to do, and um, I think then it's just about finding that life-work balance within that, but like I said, it's tricky when you're like, oh, man, this is, I love all this, so it's uh, yeah. that's been my task is trying to, trying to find that, uh, just a little bit more balance, because uh, truth be told, I mean, I probably, I mean, I'm, I'm working on something seven days a week, which I'm not complaining about. It's just I, I hear the the distant cries of video games and comics and friends that that don't get uh, looked at enough calling me. So I, guess. I understand that completely. I I try to vacation a lot more now than I ever tried to when I was younger. So I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hey, so you're a comic book fan? Oh yeah, no, I you know I when I was a kid I collected a ton of comic books and my mom uh, threw a lot of them away uh, and then I lost touch of them for a, a couple of years and then I got back into them I would say probably mm, like well, almost ten years ago I mean it's been a healthy I mean I was I'm one of the I'm like the OG comic guy I mean I was there if we're talking like Walking Dead and stuff issue 1 of Walking Dead I didn't hop on all of a sudden when it came on TV I was there at the beginning before anyone knew what it was but uh, no I I I'm a big Batman fan uh you know of course the heavies Batman Superman but then also kind of the smaller shows that are just the smaller comics that are getting picked up now like Outcast and you know the um Descender is really cool and uh, a lot of a lot of I like it all, the big titles and kind of the obscure ones. Oh, awesome. Um, are you reading Rebirth right now? You know what? I just dove into that on the Batman side, and I'm curious to see, because Batman was talking about not doing the Robin thing anymore, but like starting, you know, I don't know if you've read that one where he's like talking about wanting to do something a little different. Right. And I'm like, I want to see more of what he means by that. Yeah, well, did you see, oh, I can't even think of the kid's name, Duke. Did you see his new costume? Did you get that far? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I'm actually, Rebirth is the first time I've been excited about comics since they did 52 back in the early two, early to mid-2000s. So I'm well, actually you, kind of stoked. You know, the uh, the new 52, I was just at Denver Comic Con, and I was walking through Artist Alley, and I saw the guy that did all the artwork for the Swamp Thing new 52, and I mm-hmm. just stop and chat with him because I loved that entire run of the the Swamp Thing uh, New Fifty Two comics, and he was talking to me about studying uh, biology and and uh, studying plants and and getting prepped for that. And and he one cool thing that he was that he mentioned was that uh, if you go back and look, Swamp Thing doesn't actually appear until the eighth issue of that comic, and he says that was a huge coup for them to be able to have the name character of the comic not show up in the first you know eight issues and so it was very oh, um, to hear him talk about that i'm gonna have to go back and check that out i mean i of course read the old alan moore uh swamp thing run which oh, was yeah. outstanding yeah absolutely yeah and you're a video game guy too then huh video game guy too i uh have a ton that are sitting off to the side that uh want to get played with I, I i try to play i keep up with my black um black ops zombie mode and i am diving into gosh what am i playing now all sorts of stuff i just was in manhattan yesterday and i was playing the uh, virtual reality uh games on the vive checking those out and that that vr is that's going to be something to watch for really i, I wasn't yeah. i wasn't sold on it but after i did that demo man it, it's good <laughs> 
It, it looks pretty cool, and they kind of hooked me when they announced that the Arkham series would be done in virtual reality. Yeah. To, and then I'm like, I love that Arkham series so much. I, I'm going to have to check it out. Now, have you beat have you beaten Arkham Knight? Because I haven't yet. Okay, I have. I've got the the very last thing to clear. To you know, I've got the the first ending and the second ending, but I haven't got the final ending yet. Okay, so I need to be on the lookout for trying to unlock three endings here. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, I I can't now. How how far have you gotten into that? Ugh, I'm I'm my percentage doesn't make it sound like I'm very far, but I'm basically I'm right after the big blimp objective with the big zeppelin. Okay. And so I'm I'm right around there. So it's not too far, but it's not like at the beginning. Right. So, so you haven't gotten to the big Arkham Knight reveal yet then? Not yet. Okay. Well then then we'll skip that one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey Todd, so yeah, um I mean I'm primarily having you on because of Star Trek continues and I just spoke to Vic uh Mignana yesterday. Yeah. Um seems like a really cool guy by the way. You know, I've I've known Vic a very long time, and he uh, I was glad that we were able to come together, and and he was asked me to be a part of his project of Star Trek Continues because even before I saw uh, anything with it, just him talking about it and knowing what kind of a fan he is for Star Trek and and his skill in production, I knew it was going to be of a high quality and, and high caliber, and I knew that I had to be involved with it. Well, that's excellent. Well, let's um let's go back to young Todd here a little bit. At what point did you, or what was the first point in your life uh, that you think you might have got bit by the acting bug, or at least got a taste for trying to be out in front of people? Well, I started working professionally uh, in the theater. I was ten, and wow. I that's when it. Once I did one, the very, the very first thing I did was a musical, and it's it stuck. I was doing it as much as I could and continue to since then. So uh, I've, I've had the pleasure of uh, being involved in the business from uh, an acting standpoint, directing, producing, uh, audio engineering, um, you know, shooting, uh, every aspect uh, of the stage because I had a theater company uh, at one point uh, when, I, when I had time for it. Um, produced films. I've done. I've done film. I've done uh, television and commercials, and of course, voiceover. And, and so I, I've had, I've had the real uh, honor and pleasure of trying out a lot of different hats and finding out the hats that that I like the most. And I try to wear those as much as I can. Yeah, um, I mean, you you have a very diverse uh, background and um, you know resume i mean i was really kind of stunned by how much was in there in a short period a short-ish period of time oh well thank um, you for checking that out i blame my mom for that because she for, uh, for years and years she's like she wanted me to be a doctor or a lawyer mm -hmm. and so a lot of my motivation early on was because i i felt like this is what i wanted to do with my life but also because i'm like i gotta prove to mom that that we can rock out in this industry and it's going to be okay so uh, luckily, so far it has been. So she, it, it took many years for her to get to that place where she's like, "Okay, okay, I, I support this." I mean, she, she supported <laughs> it, but like for really, for her to actually acknowledge and say like, "I'm proud of you," that didn't happen until like. A well, yeah. Sometimes getting mom's final approval does take a while. <laughs> yeah, and that stuff's important. I was like, yeah, "Okay, oh, once I got absolutely. it, I was like, achievement unlocked." Okay, next thing. <laughs> That's cool. So you, um, I mean, you definitely you studied to be an actor. You have a BFA. Yeah, yeah. I uh, uh, I to I uh, went to SMU in Dallas, and that was uh, at the time it was one of the top five theater programs in the U.S. And they audition about ten thousand kids, and they take twenty five. No, twenty two. They take twenty two per school year. And wow. so I got in there and uh, did that for for uh, four years. That's I mean that's pretty incredible. I I don't know much about acting. The more I'm interviewing and speaking with actors, the more of an appreciation I am learning for it. Um, so I understand what kind of commitment you have made to that, and I, I think it's pretty astounding. Oh uh, well, thank you. I, I appreciate uh, you saying that. It's it can be. I think it's deceptive to people because. I think there's an overall 
I think there's an overall societal thing where it's like, if you are lucky enough to get to do what you love, then there should be a certain amount of, like, suffering that happens to you, I think. And so, uh, and so I feel like there are times when, uh, I don't know, it's like when people think of acting, the acting world or, or, or something like that, you know, in LA specifically, they're like, oh, you're an actor, so what restaurant do you work at? And so the and so for me I I've been uh, I've been so thankful so incredibly fortunate and, and and so thankful to everyone that that was around me all these years and continue to be that helped make these micro decisions and make these little little path adjustments for me that helped me get to where I am because by no means is any of this done with just me it, it's it's not just me it takes all of these people in my life from from my mom to my buddy to 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 Vic to this to that to make all of these things happen so I'm so thankful for it and and uh and I'm just glad to be along for the ride. Yeah. Um well let me ask you then how did you find yourself with your since voiceover and voice acting is such a big part of your background how did you find yourself with your first uh voiceover role? Uh, the first role actually was when I had graduated uh, from college. I I reached out to I forget the the I forget who I reached out to, but I got contacted to do a commercial, a VO commercial for a computer company, and they're like, "Great, here you go. We need it by blah blah blah." And I had no idea what to do, but I figured <laughs> it out, and they didn't hate it. They they liked it, and so. Uh, that's where I kind of was like, okay, um, let's let's see where this goes. And but but voiceover. When I first did my my first voiceover thing, that was where it stopped because I was really pursuing a really heavy on stage and on camera presence. And so that's when I did a lot of uh, a lot of my film work and a lot of stage stuff. And 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 I went away from voiceover after that one time, actually for years until it came back around on the animated side. And then it kind of shifted, and, and voiceover became kind of my primary focus. I still do on camera a lot outside of Star Trek Continues and stuff, but uh, voiceover became kind of the real focus. Right. Well, then let me ask you this, because this is a question I'm, I'm learning to ask actors. Do you prefer stage acting or screen acting? Stage acting allows you to really work your character-building muscles. With film acting, film acting is really more of a director's medium. It's not mm. really an actor's medium. And I know that some people might disagree with me, but the director is really kind of running that ship. And he needs to get what he needs to get for his shots because he's running an entire town. He's got to sit down with the editor later and make sense of thousands of hours of footage. And it's difficult to... Um, film acting is a lot of fun, and I, I actually I, I really love film acting because you can do things in that medium that that are incredibly difficult or nearly Im or impossible to do on the stage. Like if you took if you tried to stage an Avengers stage play, there's a lot of stuff you're not going to be able to do. And so that's why I love film is because you can really investigate your imagination on a project and even more so in in animation. And so I love that medium, but but if we're talking like working your acting muscles, it's a different way to work them on film. On film, your your concentration is being able to have this real moment with someone while you've got 50 people around you one foot away from you, holding lights, holding audio gear, manipulating the camera and the focus and the angle, and a guy holding up a scrim to block the light from over here and a dude telling these people to be quiet like, and still having to be able to focus. So it's just a different challenge. Okay. And have you found that you will often take a film role or a different role so you can still do stage acting? You know, I have, what... <laughs> I, for me, I haven't been on the stage in several years now because the, I've had offers, but the problem is, uh, or I guess not the problem, the, the situation is uh, I don't have the time to facilitate the, the schedule because, you know, you've got rehearsal, but then you've also got to worry about you know, the actual performance, and there's just not time for that. Uh, as far okay. as film goes, I'll, I have to get more selective uh, with 
with the films that I do. Um, but I do, I do love to do film. It's just I, I kind of uh, am at a, at a place where I, I don't. I try to be selective so that the experience is great for me and it's great for everybody involved. Okay. Um, so then let's let's go ahead and we'll focus on Star Trek Continues a little bit. Uh, so you knew Vic. So how did how did the opportunity to play Spock come up? Well, Vic wanted me to be Spock from the get go. We were working actually with uh, another another set of people that were kind of helping him bring this idea to fruition. And there was uh, they just had a difference of artistic views on on how Star Trek Continue should go. And so they mm -hmm. split off, and this this party over here went and did their thing, and then Vic kind of took over as being main EP for Star Trek Continues. And But originally, I did have to audition for it. And so he sent out sides uh, from – he took he took scenes from the original series uh, for Spock and then of a, of a, variety, of a variety of um, kind of emotional states, I guess you could say, um, <laughs> ironically. And so I thought it would be fun to shoot them on green screen in the exact camera angles of the original series – and then later uh, go back and put myself in in the original series footage. So when Kirk is talking to Spock and it's on Shatner, when it cuts over to Nimoy, it's not going to be Nimoy. It's me in the shot. It's me in the scene. And so I was in costume, I was in makeup, and I that audition tape to Vic, and he liked it. Oh, that's good. Okay, so that's kind of interesting how you did that. Um, I think you play a really good Spock. Um, oh, thank you. But you, you are, you. yeah. But you are a very different physical type than Leonard Nimoy was. Yeah. So, yeah. Have you found that to be a challenge as far as people accepting you as Spock, or is that not an issue? You know, it's interesting because at first, when we first did it, when Star Trek Continues was a new kid on the scene about three years ago, a mm -hmm. lot of people had a problem with me. A lot of people liked it, but a lot of people did have a problem. They were like, Spock isn't Asian. Spock isn't this. Spock isn't. He's a. You're no Nimoy. I mean, and that's that's a testament to how well Nimoy did that. How well he right. created such a legendary role. And and I, I don't want to replace what he did at all. I'm just doing my take on it. And it was interesting the things that they they picked on because they're like, um, oh his ears don't look right or, or like. Like you do this huge production, you create, you you take this idea of creating such it continues, and you make this, you build the sets, and you create all the costumes and the music, and they're like, uh, the tips of his ears are just a little too like the little things they pick on. But flash forward to now, and I get comments from people all over the world that they're that they just love, they just love my interpretation of Spock, and I've I've made it a point from the very beginning not to copy Nimoy at all, but mm -hmm. to to take on some of the qualities that he brought to the role, but but play Spock, not Nimoy playing Spock. And let me ask you, and this is going to get into splitting a fine hair, and this is one of the, one of the reasons I wish I understood acting a little better. <clears throat> like you were saying, for many people, Nimoy is Spock. Yeah. So at so at the same time for you to say that you're not doing Nimoy, you're doing Spock, there's gonna isn't there still gonna be a little Nimoy coming through? I think there is gonna be a little Nimoy coming through. Uh but also on that same note, I think that every role that someone plays, there is a little bit of that actor within that role. And so by the mm -hmm. very nature of me not doing an impersonation, by the very nature of me playing Spock, it's, it's inherently going to be different. But there are certain things that he brought to the role that, that I feel like there are shades of it within what I'm doing. But, I, but, but I've really tried hard to steer clear of doing him. It, 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 it's, a, it's a fine line. What I try to do before we shoot an episode is about three months out, I will not watch any any Star Trek stuff that has Nimoy in it, because I don't want to copy him. And about Just kind of get away stuff, from it. Yeah, I just want to get away from it, because I love what he did so much, and I don't want to copy it. And so, and then six weeks out from the episode, I'll start working on the script, 
and start breaking down the script and doing my homework and my process on it so that I can really be prepared and, and really be ready to rock on my end so that I'm not the one screwing up the day of as much as possible. So. Well, that's understandable. So let me ask you, I, 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 some actors do, some actors don't, but have you created a backstory for Spock that does not come from official canon that you would care to share, or have you done one at all? I do have that those types of little nuanced things created in my head for me, and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, and like my notes on my script and stuff, those are like my little diary, so I kind of keep those close to my no chest. No problem. But um, no but problem. I do create that stuff because also it helps it helps me in the scene. It helps me know and to give roots to what's going on. That really and a lot of actors, like you said, a lot of actors are different. That helps me. Oh sure. And so then let me ask you this because we are talking about a very complex character. It's not Vulcans don't lack emotion. Vulcans have very severe emotions. Yeah. Yeah, um, I agree. And and they suppress them. Um, is there? Do you? So when you approach the character of Spock, do you try to play it as somebody not having emotions, or do you try to play it as somebody having very deeply buried their emotion? I try to play it from the perspective that Spock actually feels things the most out of anybody, and so it's a very bittersweet existence because because I because Spock feels all these things so vividly but then his entire being has to not embrace that he's been indoctrinated into this system of logic and so it's a constant battle and so I try to I try to have as a through line for myself Okay. So yesterday when I was talking to Vic, I shared with him that my favorite episode of your guys' series so far is your um, fairest of them all, your Mirror Universe episode. Oh, gosh. I hated wearing that goatee. Oh. <laughs> I told him afterwards, I said, dude, we're burning that thing. He goes, no, 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 we paid a lot of money for it. I was like, yeah, great, but, dude, no. So. If you notice, like there, that was that was a very difficult um, episode for me to shoot because uh, the hours it added an hour onto my prep in the morning, so we had to make my call time even earlier. So I was showing up on set. So where we shoot is three hours ahead of L.A. Okay. So we're so I'm waking up when I wake up at four a.m. in Georgia, it's really 1 a.m. in L.A., and so then I have to then I'm in the makeup chair for three, four, four hours, and, and before before we've shot anything, I've already been on set for four hours, Ugh. and so it's I'll multiply that by 12 days. It was rough. <laughs> yeah, that does not sound like a lot of. Did you ever consider just growing a goatee for that? Oh my god, <laughs> dude! I wish I. I I so wish I could. I so wish I could. I'm I'm Asian, and so I, I, my beard looks like it would be like going to Buzz Lightyear and saying like, "Grow a beard." Well, he physically can't. He's a toy. That's the same thing. I physically can't. I'm just Asian. I got you. I have I have just enough distant Native ancestry in my in my system that my mustache doesn't touch my beard and it's still patchy and weird in spots. So I understand it completely. Yeah. If I if I had a genie. And he gave me six wishes as opposed to three. One of them would be to grow fantastically gorgeous, perfect facial hair. That Todd, I, I, I almost think that'd be a waste of a wish. I almost well, that's think. What I mean. if, if if he's given me six, if he's given me six, if I can. Oh, there up you one, go. I, I can sum up one in probably two wishes. So I've got like four, some free wishes, basically. Oh well, then you got it covered. I guess the facial hair wouldn't be wasteful at all, then. Oh my gosh, yes, it's gonna be. It yeah. would be glorious. So, before you got involved with Star Trek Continues, what was your relationship with Star Trek? Were you a fan? I, uh, yes, I'm. You know what? I really liked. I watched 
all of the series, not in completion. I mean, it's just that's a ton of stuff to watch. Well, it's um, seven hundred some odd hours now. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've watched a lot of each series, and I, I have my pluses and minus thoughts on each one. I loved. Uh, I felt like if you're talking in regards to just you know Spock, I really fell in love with him once the movies came along. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really lo- there was just something about so soothing about about him once those films came out. I felt like man, he really his stride. Like he obviously he he was doing fine before that in in the show. But I just there was something I just really loved his performances in the movies, and so that's where I really fell in love with Spock. And Deep Space Nine was great. I've met, you know, I've had the great pleasure of of meeting and chatting and hanging out with the majority of uh, a lot of the Star Trek royalty and and talking with them and signing next to them at conventions and stuff. And so it's a it's been a really really wild ride. Yeah, I, I would imagine. Is it ever a little bit daunting to play that character? I try not to think about that uh, because that doesn't help me. Fear mm-hmm. will not help me uh, in that role. It's it's got to come from a different place. I feel like, and uh, and so I try not to engage that. But I mean, I really, I do recognize the gravity of that character. I just try to focus on my job at the time. All right. Um, and then I guess let me see here. I was going to go back to another question, and I, of course, lost it because I was going to come back to it. Um, Todd, how about as far as your voice acting goes, is there a role that you are especially attached to? You know, I really like – I love it when I get to play roles that people people hear and then come up to me and they go, oh, I didn't even know that was you. Or oh man, that that what a great and and one recently is from a video game series called Tales of Exilia, where I play this character named Rowan, who is kind of the old man Alfred Butler of the group, and it, that was a lot of fun to play. Uh, and then also, I guess in terms of uh, in voice in the animated world, the character Natsu from Fairy Tales probably what people would most know me from and that that's been fun to play because i've done that show for about six years we're on episode 270 right now 268 and so i've done that show for many many years and uh it's been a wild ride uh, in in a pure blast yeah yeah i'm just still impressed by the, the amount of work you have in what i would still consider to be a very short time i'm blown away you could fit all that in there <laughs> Oh well, thank you. Sometimes it doesn't work. I mean, I, I uh, it's, it's. Uh, I try and do the best I can, and I, again, it, it just for me it just comes from being from a place of gratitude. I'm just so grateful for, to be in this business and to be able to be successful and support my family and support myself and 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 live this wild ride that that is my life. I mean, there are weeks when I'm on a plane five times in a week. Or there, I mean, I, I, I fly into a gig, going to an appearance, going to do the, and it's it's a really fast-paced life. Um, I mean, they're they're you can ask my agents; they're trying they try to get a hold of me about this and this and this, and so it's it's great to be in that position. And I'm so uh, I do not take it for granted, and I and uh, I just want to keep going because, like I said earlier, it's it's what I love to do, and I'm I'm glad to be a part of it. Has there ever been a role you were offered that you really would have loved to have taken but just couldn't? Yeah, there was one. If if there was, I can't remember exactly. For I think it was. Uh, oh, what was it for? Can't remember exactly what it was for at this point. It was a while ago, but it was simply mm-hmm. a scheduling thing. Yeah, it was. If any time there was something where I couldn't do a role, it was. It really was a scheduling situation. I mean, the, one of the craziest. Tales I can remember is uh, I my agent called me and wanted me to audition for I've I've read for, for Spider Man a lot and I've read for a lot of superhero roles but Spider Man's the one that I've read for many times and I was getting on a plane right when they called me and I said well shit I'm I'm flying to Georgia like I, well, I I I mean I can't do it I can't come in 
So I said, what I'll do is, while I went, right when I land, I'll have my driver take me to a studio and record it right away. So as we're flying, I'm sitting there trying to arrange a studio. Meanwhile, during the week, in the evening, at the last minute, trying to get this studio just for the possibility that I may get this role. And so I did it, and we went into this awesome, it was really like a really cool studio where they do a lot of adult swim stuff in there and uh, Venture Brothers and everything. And so we went in there, recorded it, and I was—I wish I could say that that's what got me the role, but it, it didn't. But uh, it's stuff like that that happens a lot where it's like, oh, my gosh, I for, we're supposed to do that? Okay, let me rearrange this and go do this. So it's, I have a lot of people that help make a lot of fun things happen in, in regards to making my schedule work. Yeah. Oh, I could I could totally hear you as Peter Parker. Did you try out for Peter Parker or a different role? Oh my gosh, yes. Peter okay. Parker many times. <laughs> I I could I could I could hear you you have a almost boy-like quality to your voice that would almost work for a full range of his ages that they might want to put in, you know. You know what? We need to get you licensed as a casting director and we need to make that happen. <laughs> Oh yeah, you get me that job. I'll hire you every day. How, there we'll we make go. that deal. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, let me ask you this because uh, it's something I've. I, let me tell you a, a quick story just so you can hear it, and I, I can talk for a minute. But um, you know, I'm a, a plumbing and heating and air salesman. I used to live in the Monterey Bay, and I had a customer who wanted to advertise on a radio station. So he and I made an arrangement to go meet with their sales director. He walked in the door. I introduced myself to the lady sitting at the desk. And all of a sudden, one of the guys comes out of the back, and he goes, who the hell is that talking? I'm like, uh, me? He goes, have you ever read commercials or anything? I'm like, uh, I no. It was, what are you here for? So we talked to him for a minute. We cut a deal where I read three commercials for them. They gave my customer three free commercials in exchange. <laughs> so if wow. you've got somebody, yeah, if you've got somebody who's out there thinking about trying to get into voice acting, what kind of advice would you give to somebody in that situation? Well, I, you know, the thing is, is uh, people that, that are looking for voiceover as a career, they've got to love it because this type of schedule, I, I don't know if people hear this and they think it sounds fun to be on a plane five times a week or, uh, I mean, I, for all the stuff, first of all, for every gig that I book, there are 15 that I don't. So you've got to be ready for that. The second thing is, is that, I mean, I've missed a lot of big things in life because of work. Like, I I missed my own birthday party last year because of work and stuff like that. So you have to be ready to be working all the time. Like, if the, it, to be, or, or at least maybe not working all the time, but hustling all the time. I mean, it's it's certainly a self-perpetuating situation. And so if someone wants to get into voice acting, but they're not ambitious or they don't, or they would much prefer a set schedule, then this is not for them. Uh, and also I would say just getting getting as much education as you can, and, and, and that can be in the form of experience. Uh, getting as much of that as you can can certainly help because, uh, you know, I, I run into people all the time that say like, oh, well, I've got a good voice. Uh, I should be in voiceover, da, 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 da. It's like, well, talent will get you in the door, but it's your skill and your experience that will keep you there. And so it's, what I would say to someone that's thinking about it is just get as much get as much experience as you can. And are you talking acting classes or when you say experience, just like go out and hustle for work or both? Well, what do you think? Acting experiences and then also at the same time trying on different hats because you may discover that, okay, well, I, I like acting, okay, but I really like being a writer. Or I really like being a game developer. Or I really like composing the music. You may discover you like those things even more. Because when I had my theater company years ago, I originally was going to be the artistic director. Now, the artistic director, there's the artistic director and the managing director. Artistic side picks the plays that you do, stuff like that. Managing director kind of handles the business side. Well, I thought I was going in there fully intending to be the artistic director. And just the way fate played out, I ended up being the managing director, and it turns out I loved it. I loved that much more than being the artistic director. And and the person that was with me at the time doing it was much better at being artistic director than I was. So it totally worked out, but I never would have discovered that had I not been open to trying something different. 
Okay. Well, and then, see, luckily for you, then, I imagine, not only do you have an artistic side, but you have a business acumen that you had to become aware of to do the jobs that you do, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I I, I believe that. Um, that's not for everybody. There's some people that don't, and they really need people to guide them and, and make those decisions for them and make stuff happen for them, and uh, that's certainly valid. Uh, for me, the only reason that I developed it is because there was no one else to do it. I, I did it out of necessity. And that's why I also wore a lot of the hats that I did be just purely out of necessity because there was no one else to do it or or uh, I needed it done on a different schedule. And so that's where a lot of that developed from. Right. And I've also seen on your IMDb, you've done writing and direction and a bunch of other things. Is there is there kind of an end game that Todd Habercorn has planned out? Or do you want to go into you know directing at some point and stay there, or are you just open to whatever the ride brings? What are your thoughts? I want to continue to be an actor uh, for ever and ever. But if mm-hmm. I had if I had my druthers, I would say that, and then at the end of the day, I would love to produce more. Like if that if I had to pick something to diversify outside of acting it would be on the production side, uh, in in that sense. And so I do produce right now, and I I love it every time, and I love discussing budgets with clients and getting the budget. And and uh, I just did this recently with the uh, with a, a company out of Texas. They have a marionette puppetry theater, and I was just able to do that. They give me the budget, and I go off and I I take their script. It was for Cinderella. And I get, I cast it, and I work with the actors, and we get it recorded, and then you know I sound design it, and then I send it off to my mix guy, and uh, I love that whole process of the scheduling and the the getting the different actors in, and getting their auditions in, and creating the sides, and and I like doing all that stuff. You like staying busy too, just in general. I I, I kind of have that feeling about you. <laughs> well, my my thing is is that I see so many people that, uh, older people, that when they talk about, there are a couple of similar through lines for when they talk about their later twilight years of life, and one of them is that constantly stay busy. If you are useful, you will survive. And so I I have that in me, but I also, mm-hmm. uh, just watching my mom being raised in a uh, single parent home, watching how hard my mom worked for me. Uh, stuck with me. That imprinted on me about the importance of that and how much she sacrificed to uh, make my life possible. And out of out of an honor to her and and a respect for her, I feel I I owe her nothing less than a hundred percent of my best. Okay, but you said she did come around and accept your choice as being uh, an actor and a creative uh, type person, then, right? She did, yeah. Um, but even outside of that, I just owe her, I feel, I owe her to a certain extent just because um, she came to this country, English was her third language, she had 20 bucks in her pocket, she worked in a sweatshop, and she turned that into being a very successful physician and a, a very long career of being a badass doctor. And so I'm like, man, if she can do that, well, then what's Jeez. my excuse? So, God, I feel like now I feel like I'm wasting my life. <laughs> well, you know, the, she's a, she is definitely an exception to the rule, but it's like that's how all my uh, the Vietnamese side of my family were like. They we all you know they all came over here uh, with nothing, and my aunt became a very successful. She's now retired air traffic controller. My mom was a physician. My other aunt uh, works uh, for a dentistry. I mean, they all did amazing things. And so it's like I can't – I've got to pull my weight, so that's what I'm trying to do. Oh, and well, going by your uh, your resume, it looks like you're doing it, pulling yours and a few other people's, it would appear. <laughs> well, thanks, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, well, Todd, let me I'm, – I'm just going to throw this out there. If you've ever got anything that you want to promote or if, if you've ever got five minutes of downtime and want to BS about comics, let me know. I'd love to have you back on at some point, at any point that you're free to do it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. You're uh, – you, you, like I said, you, you've got a great thing going, and I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it. And yeah, man, talking comics, I love it. I yeah. comics are the bomb. Well, then normally on Wednesdays, my buddy Paul and I we do a comic book episode where we just kind of catch up about what's going on with comic books in general. 
Um, I'm actually bumping him for the next three weeks to have Vic, you, and then James Kerwin. I'm recording with him tomorrow as well. Oh, so, James, yeah. That yeah. dude is smart. That's, he's yeah. a Mensa, you gotta, he's a Mensa member. I mean, he's so smart. And he, last time I talked to him, we were at a gab, a function, and as he was leaving, he goes, yeah, I got to go. I, I got to get up and pack. And I go, where are you going? He goes, I'm going to this conference where the smartest dudes in the world get together and talk about, like, like the meaning of life and physics and all that. And I go, you're going to that? Like, you're, you're just going to go to that and just experience that? He goes, yeah, absolutely. Like, he's so smart that that gets him going. For me, I'd be like, I... I need a paper and pen and an abacus and a and a cliff notes and I'm gonna sit there and let's decipher what's being said. But it's all fluent to him. He's so smart. That's amazing. Yeah. See, I've always been one of those guys. I can't necessarily dazzle you with my brilliance. So I'll baffle you with my bullshit. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, you know what? But bullshit is good for the soil. So. Oh, absolutely. Everything goes good. better in bullshit. That's, That's true. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, Todd, you got anything you uh, you want to promote or get the word out about or maybe your own websites or web presence or something? Sure, yeah. You know, uh, my website, thehabertat.com, uh, T-H-E-H-A-B-E-R-T-A-T.com, uh, recently launched. And I've got a store on there, and we recently uh, sent all of our proceeds for the week of the Orlando shootings. I sent all the proceeds uh, to help. Uh, that tragedy um, on tw- on Twitter I'm at uh, Todd Habercorn on Instagram mm-hmm. at Haberographer and I love uh, love having new followers and uh, people can keep up with with my life on on those areas so please check it out and I've also got my new album on iTunes uh, just look up my name and you'll see uh, see my album on there and I've got to get in studio for the next one here shortly oh what do you uh, do you I I'm, I'm guessing you sing but am I wrong uh, sing and uh, I wrote all the songs. Sing and and play rhythm guitar in all of them. Oh wow! What kind of music do you do? It's like pop rock. Oh okay. Oh, yeah, so it's uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, I had a good time. It was an interesting album to work on because I never intended it for for it to be for public consumption. I just wrote those songs for me. And then my buddy uh, Johnny Bosch, uh, who is a very prolific musician, and he has a band called I Shine. He was the he was the former Black Ranger in the Power Rangers series. Uh, he said, "Let's produce your album. I'll help you produce it." And it was only through his prodding that I even did that. I would have never done that had he not. I, I attribute the the existence of that totally to him. That's that's amazing. Well, I'm gonna have to I, somehow I missed that in in all the reading I've done about you, but. Of course, I went through like nine thousand pages worth of uh, information about you, so I'm not surprised I missed a bunch of things. <laughs> Um, well, thank you. Again, I really appreciate you coming on. It's, oh, it's been a blast. I, what a pleasure. Yeah, really enjoyed talking to you. Um, all right, everybody. Well, that's geekishcast.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash geekishcast. I tweet from at the geekishcast. Todd, take care, buddy. Hey, thank you so much. Take it easy. All right, we'll see you around. Bye-bye. Hey, welcome back. That was our interview with Todd Habercorn of Star Trek Continues. And again, more animes than I can possibly list. I know, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Did you look at his IMDb page? I did, but uh, my battery on my phone died. Going exactly. Going down the list. <laughs> you think about a quarter of the way through, you're just out of, out of yeah, battery. That was it. That's all you can get through. Um, really cool guy. Super nice guy. Yeah. Super nice. No wonder I liked him on the show. Yeah, um, I was hoping to get a little more about his process of playing Spock, but it seemed like a very personal thing to him. Yeah, we got to keep it a secret. Well, yeah, it's, I mean, if if he let it all out, I guess anybody could play Spock. Yeah, right? you, know, you got to keep a job. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know what I did notice with him and Vic? There's a lot of training and dedication that have gone into this. Yeah, and I think it shows on the show as well. Yeah, I think so as well. Yeah, um, it's definitely different if I would have done it. <laughs> Well, that's just the thing, and and you and I have had conversations before about other Star Trek fan films, and the, one of the earlier ones was Star Trek New Voyages uh, slash Phase 2, which is the first one that tried to continue Star Trek from the point where it got canceled. Okay. Um, but it was, you know, I, I don't like to use the word amateur, but it was, you know, it was a bunch of guys in upstate, New, I think New York, building their own sets and putting their own thing on, and not necessarily trained actors, and it kind of shows. 
Yeah. That being said, I still really enjoy both both versions of this vision. So. Oh yeah. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not picking one over the other here. It just Star Trek continues. Absolutely drops me back into little kid Saturday. Yep. Watch Star Trek with my dad. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah, I'm a big fan of fans being fans and making stuff like this. Yeah, like, I will always support it because oh, I hope it never ends. Yeah, as long as they don't overstep their bounds. Yes, sir. Um, But no, I mean, you know, do you remember when fans used to like the shit they were into? (laughs) Yeah, I remember. Yeah, back before fans became angry about everything. Now they're like some of the worst people ever, and it bums me out. Sure come off that way. I hope I'm not becoming one of those people. I'm really trying not to. Yeah. I did catch myself yelling at Spider-Man to get off my lawn the other day, though. (laughs) Why, he's too young? Yeah, damn kids. Damn spider kids. Damn spider kids. I like Spider-Man as a young man. I, I do prefer him that way, too, actually. I don't like, well, I don't want to say I don't like, but. No, but but to me, you know, because when I was growing up and up until my teen years, Spider-Man was a teenager. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden, he was firmly into his mid to late 20s, and it just, the field was different. Yeah, now he's, you know, running, he's like a, running his biz, a business, Parker Industries, he's kind of like, right. feels more like Iron Man than Spider-Man. I like the teenage Spider-Man, too. Yeah, that's what they're doing in the movies. Yes. And and hot Aunt, hot Aunt May as well. Yes, definitely hot Aunt May. So uh, next week, we actually have another uh, Star Trek Continues alumnus coming up. It's uh, James Kerwin. He actually wrote and directed a few uh, episodes of Star Trek Continues. Real fun interview. Um, and like I said, guys, we've got a ton of stuff coming up. <laughs> we really do. It's going to be Star Trek yeah. month. It is, but um, you know what next weekend is, right? Oh, Vanessa Carl, uh, right? Vanessa Carl, yeah. Ah. And, and I find out if if I get or don't get my interview with Sam Jones. I, I, fingers crossed. Yep, yep. Got some new equipment coming. Um, in the meantime, guys, I'll tell you what. Um, I, I need to ask a favor of everybody listening. I need you to turn on two of your friends to this show. Just get them listening to it. That way, as as our numbers grow, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes. I can I can land these bigger name guests and keep keep this growing, which is really what I want to do. Um, so if you could turn the show, turn two of your friends onto the show, get them to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and rate us on iTunes, and I will be forever grateful. Yes, most I think that's a fair, fair, fair ask there, Paul. I think that's yeah. fair. You know, spread the love. Yeah, just just help us out, and that way we can hopefully keep bringing you some some interesting guests who uh, promote fandom and geekdom in general. Yeah, I've definitely annoyed more than two people about it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's what a friend of mine last night hit me up. He's like, are you going to ModestoCon? I said, going. I got a table there, <laughs> like right inside the door. Yeah. I did buy a portable recorder, so I am going to get up and try to go like get uh, just fan interviews as I go, too. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. And I really wish I could go. Well, you know, maybe maybe with further planning and whatnot next year. Well, uh, Paul, if people want to find you on the interwebs. Uh, I tweet at PaulVier79. Hit me up on tweet. Very good. As usual, you can find us at geekishcast.com, facebook.com slash geekishcast, and I tweet from at the geekishcast. Again, guys, please see if you can turn on two of your friends to the show, get them to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, rate us on iTunes. It would really help us a lot. Uh, Take care, everybody. I'll see you soon. Ciao.